Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Don Housen. And I'm James Marriott. So then, um, FA Cup, third round, um, Exeter. This, uh, not an easy trip to make this when you are as depleted by injuries and other coronavirus-related issues as Sheffield Wednesday were. Um, overall, it was a very professional job. Professional's the word, definitely. I 100% agree with you there, James, that that's what it was, that... Um, yeah, you know, Wednesday still picked a relatively strong side. They only actually made three changes from the the Derby match on New Year's Day. Um, but yeah, they had a very makeshift back four, uh, and you could tell that it took them a little bit of time to sort of come to grips with Exeter. And I thought Bowman was a handful early on for Kieran Brennan, particularly at centre half. Um, but yeah, you know, when you're talking, Moses Odebajo was the most senior player in that back line. And then you've got Kieran Brennan, Liam Shaw filling in there and like Ryan Galvin at left back making his debut. Uh, then, you know, for Wednesday to come away with a clean sheet, Callum Patterson continues his goal scoring run, three in as many matches. Um, you know, Adam Reach. He's in very good form. I think the, this is maybe actually the best period that we've seen from Adam Reach for arguably 18 months, really. Oh, when yeah. you look at it, when you take it on uh, you know, the small sample size of when Tony Pewis was in charge and then scoring uh, and his assist making, I think, in the last sort of 10 to 12 matches, then, yeah, you know, really positive signs for Wednesday and, um, you know, Everton in the fourth round. Yeah, um, I, 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 my notes actually say it's about as makeshift a back four as you can get um, because there were um, there was a debutant there uh, in Ryan Galvin. There was uh, Kieran Brennan, who has played before, but very kind of limited first team experience. And the fact you kind of throw them sort of together, Liam Shaw's been playing at the back, then playing in midfield, then playing at the back, playing in midfield. You kind of throw them together and you sort of think it's the perfect storm, really, for everything to go wrong. And, I mean, there were a couple of moments maybe in the first half, but actually once they kind of settled into it, it, it was really solid and, and um, you know, a lot to kind of take from uh, from from that. Um, let's, let's talk specifically then about some of those players. Ryan Galvin first, who I thought, um, particularly in the second half, looked really accomplished for for a guy that's kind of like, you know, thrust into the team. He, he probably didn't get all that much notice because of the fact that it's been a bit all over the place over the last week or so. Looks really comfortable playing first team football. I've seen a lot of Ryan Galvin playing for the under-23s over the last year to 18 months. So, you know, I, I had a a good idea of what he was capable of, uh, but you never quite know when you, you throw them in to that environment and you know whether they're going to step up and how they're going to get on. Uh, but yeah, I thought defensively he was sound. Um, actually, going forward, he's got a lot more to offer than what we we saw at Exeter. Um, uh, but yeah, you know he's uh, he, do, he does remind you a lot actually of Matt Penny. You know he's got similar sort of characteristics uh, with sort of that pace, athleticism, energy that he's going to give you there. Um, and he's someone that it's difficult right now with the COVID-19 issues that we know that Wednesday have got in the camp, but he's someone that 
you know, I would certainly be looking at to try and get out on loan in an ideal world this month to to get regular first team football at League One or League Two level. Um, and actually, on a similar note, I don't know what your thoughts were on this, James, but the only disappointment from the team that played uh, at Exeter for me was Alex Hunt, who got taken off after an hour, and he looked like a guy who's not played a lot of. He struggled to make an impact. He missed a good chance in that second half to really kill the tie off there and then and make it 2-0. But actually, his all-round contribution, you know, I thought it was a really tough afternoon for Alex Hunt and it showed the lack of football that he's been playing. Uh, and, it, and again, to me, really, it, it, it smacked of a player who's crying out for a loan spell. That, that would be the only sort of negative that I took from Exeter. I think, yeah, I, I sort of thought that at times he just looked a little bit lost. He didn't really know kind of what his role was, what he was supposed to be doing. And and you probably sum it up better by someone that's just not played that much football. The stuff that should just be on autopilot obviously wasn't. And, and you know, it, it got a lot of thinking about things to do. So you're right. He, he is a prime candidate to go out on learn you kind of get the impression he's probably not going to figure much for the first team he hasn't done so far this season yep all right there's a new manager to come in at some point who might um decide that you know that they, they do see him as part of the plans but in in the assumption that that's not going to happen that it's better that he's out there playing football same with ryan galvin you're absolutely uh you're absolutely right um kieran brennan obviously has had a bit of taste of first team football before but you know kind of playing alongside Liam Shaw is is I mean I, I'm guessing they've, they've probably played quite a few games together at a, a more junior um, level but you know that that certainly in the second half that worked they seemed fine Liam Shaw kind of really stepping up a bit now as well and and you know I mean we'll talk separately about that run in the second half but just generally that's three or four games now in a row where Liam Shaw really seems to be getting to grips with football at this level Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he was my star man from Exeter, and um, you know, he just looks so accomplished, assured, uh, yeah. confident, and you know, he he looks like a guy who, um, you know, right now um, is enjoying his football, doesn't he? And he's been given the backing by you know whoever's been in charge, whether it's Neil Thompson or Andy Holter, who you know took the match on Saturday, and, and you know in really difficult trying circumstances, you know I think you know you've got to take your hat off as well to Andy Holter, you know for you know I think he, you know, he led the team and did you know, and I think he you know he did well, <laughs> and when you when you look at you know even on the the day of the match, you've got. Nicky Weaver returning to Sheffield after you know, recording, you know, COVID test, and then Matt Penny and Elias Kachunga and Luke Jackson. You know, they also travel back. You know, so for for Sheffield Wednesday to actually go and get the job done, you know, I, I really think actually, uh, you know, you know, you've got to uh, you know, give the give them a lot of credit. Um, as it was, uh, you know, it was a potential banana skin, uh, and then to only be able to name four substitutes, yeah. um, and and there were no attacking changes they could have made there. So I think, yeah, you know, really have to praise them a lot for um, you know continuing the good run that they're on at the moment. I, I mean, if you're um, 
if you're Exeter, you're kind of licking your lips a little bit, aren't you, about the prospect of Sheffield Wednesday being, you know, just so decimated in terms of numbers. And you kind of think, you know, this is the opportunity. So for them to put in that level of, you know, professionalism um, to get that result and get the job done, absolutely superb. Um, There's one guy we've not mentioned who has been the star of um, Sheffield Wednesday social media this week. Um, And um, I mean, not just Sheffield Wednesday social media, but kind of football social media. And that is um, Declan Thompson. Now, it's a story that I'm guessing everyone that's listening to this now is probably familiar with because, um, you know, he's he's certainly had an unusual path to where he is now. Um, But... That whole story, the 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 video of his dad watching, everything about that is. Uh, I, I'm going through this period of wondering whether or not you know does football need a break? Is it you know it, it, do we need football right now? It's it's a reminder, isn't it, as to why we love this sport. Oh yeah, no, it's it's an amazing story, and for it to go viral like it has done and you see you know those emotional scenes with his dad there and um you know for him to you, you know i think actually it sort of came out the story you know was maybe done sort of eight months ago really that you know we sort of cottoned on to you know what he went through you know as a child and you know and and how tough it's been for him to overcome it and and become a pro and so even though it was only a couple of minutes at Exeter you know that just meant everything to him and he's a Boyhood Wednesday fan you know I had the pleasure of speaking to him this week and you know he's a really humble grounded impressive young man and he's got an extraordinary story and he is an inspiration he really is that you know um you know he didn't think that he'd be able to walk uh, you know that's what the doctors were telling him when he was around ten or eleven, and so you know here we are at eight. You know he's eighteen, and um, you know he's now he's playing professional football, and he's got a lot to fight for still. Even now, you know his contract's up at the end of the season, and uh, you know he's one of them that you know he's a regular for the under twenty threes. Um, you know he. he he wants to become a household name and try and force his way into the first team. It, it, it's going to be difficult with the amount of centre-halves that Wednesday got when everybody's fit um, and everything sort of goes back to normal on that front. But, yeah, no, I think that, um, you know, it's been a, an amazing couple of days for Declan Thompson. And, uh, yeah, um, it, you know, that, I mean, what more can you say, really? It's, uh, it, you know, it's what football is all about. Absolutely is, and 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 just you know, brilliant to to see it, and for Wednesday to be associated with such a, a fabulous, um, a fabulous football story. So that's um, uh, that's pretty much extra done. What we haven't done is talk about the goals. So Adam Reach's goal in the first half, lovely bit of skill, great little finish, and then um, second half, Liam Shaw uh, channeling his. Uh, I was going to say he's in a Laurie Madden, which Wednesday fans of a certain age will appreciate. Uh, but, um, you know, centre half, uh, meandering down the uh, right wing. The only difference between him and Laurie Madden is he then plays the ball that, that ends up with a, a goal. It was just magical. Oh, it really was, yeah. What, Zidane-esque, wasn't it, from Liam Shaw, that run? That's an upgrade from Laurie Madden-esque, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, Laurie Madden... 
Um, yeah, top Wednesday player yeah, and everything back in the 90s. But yeah, um, I think to try and bring him more to the modern generation will go for So I think Zidane was the one that he was getting compared to. And I think Josh Windass wants to give him the Ballon d'Or. So I'm not going to argue with Josh Windass either. It was certainly worthy of that. It, yeah, what, 80, 90 run, yeah, yards he ran there and great bit of skill. And then it was what, you know, really impressed me was that it was still the composure then as well to pick his head up yeah. and find Callum Patterson who, you know, I, I actually, when I was watching it live, I thought he looked yards offside. It was still difficult to tell from the replay. Uh, but yeah, Callum Patterson, um, he's got five goals now this season. And, and going back to the Adam Reach one, you know, it's a brilliant ball over the top from Barry Bannon. Uh, and um, it goes back to what we said before time and time again, doesn't it, James, of where the, the, the creativity of this team, even on an off day, it's still Barry Bannon midfield who can provide that bit of quality, though. Uh, and and I, you know, but you know, Bannon had a decent match. I actually thought the pick of the midfield at Exeter was probably Jerry Pelly Pessy. I thought Pelly Pessy did a lot of good work off the ball, uh, you know, making interceptions and I think breaking up play. So I, you know, just a shout out I think for Pelly Pessy who is, is actually having a pretty long run in the team. And I and I think right now it's hard to leave him out. I think he's actually done a pretty solid job in there. I know it's unpopular to say that with a lot of Wednesday fans, but. He has actually done pretty good, really. If you look at the last half a dozen matches or so, I think generally his form's been pretty good right now. Well, I mean, let's let's look at uh, kind of you know the the best stats of this, which is it's it's three wins in a row now for um, Wednesday in all competitions. It's four wins out of five, um, and and that is by far the best form that we have seen for well over a year from uh, f- from this from this team. So um, the confidence is 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 pretty high. You are going to be generally loath to kind of change much unless you really have to about that um, that general team. Obviously, the defence is going to... Well, I mean, I say the defence is going to change. I've got no idea what's happening with player availability and stuff for um, going back to Championship this weekend. I mean, I don't even know if the game itself is going to happen. Uh, it all seems a bit um, confusing with uh, what is going on in, in that regard. But, you know, let's assume that we have got more players available. You would think that there would be some changes, but you, you, you're going to really kind of try and make the fewer changes possible because the the confidence that 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 team's going to have now is something we've not seen in such a long time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, they still would, of course, want some first team players back from injury, you know, as soon as possible. Uh, you know, when it's actually remarkable, really, that, you know, how well Wednesday have done when you still look at the injury list uh, on top of then the COVID-19 issues that they've had that yeah they've managed to string some results together and, and so yeah I, I, this is where and then this is all on top of of course the, the managerial situation being what it is right now and um, it, it's bought Daypon Chancery time to get this appointment right I said it last week and I, you know I, I think that's very much the case right now that uh, you know Neil Thompson Andy Holds the rest of the staff uh, you know by winning three on the bounce, which, by the way, Wednesday, they, they haven't done since, uh, I think it was April 2018 was the last time that they'd done, you know, they won three on the bounce. 
So you know you're going back a long time. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, I, I, it's it's just uh, for me right now. Uh, it's trying to keep the run going, isn't it, for as long as possible. Um, but of course, we know how important this month is in terms of recruitment. Still, Wednesday's still a short in a number of areas, and they have to bring in some new blood. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, there's three three things for us to talk about um, off the back of that. So, number one, let's talk about transfers first, because it's slow, isn't it? This is a really slow transfer window for, for a lot of clubs, for a lot of reasons. Um, I, I'm just a bit worried about it kind of getting to the end of the month and transfer window just not really happening you know if the market's just not moving then there is that risk of us not getting those extra players in that we we really need there is um i, I think that they might be close to a deal very soon i think that that might you know in, in a position where they need to strengthen um, I can't say too much more at this stage, but I think that there's, there's certainly one deal that I think could be done very soon. Um, that was such uh, a humble brag from Dom House in there. It's not bragging. Can't it, it's, it's not. It's not bragging. It's just I'm not at liberty to divulge the information right now. Is is probably the best oh. way of putting it, and, and that's. Can I guess? Uh, uh, what on where? What position? Who they're going to sign? Or what? Is it? Uh, is it Zidane? It isn't Zidane. I'm oh, afraid. No, right. Okay. I've lost interest. Carry on. Carry on. Yeah. Um, but they, they have been working on, and on in terms of lining up deals and and players that they want to bring in. So the, the groundwork is still being going in. And I may have said it last week, and so I'm just going to repeat myself again if I did that. You know, we saw when they brought Steve Bruce in that they signed three players. You know, uh, you know, on the day they unveiled him. So I, I think that it is quite possible that Wednesday will, you know, do business as soon as the managerial situation is sorted and there's clarity one way or another. That I think that they're bringing players, you know, you know, straight off the back of that and actually it might be before they even make a manager appointment they may get one through the door and, and to alleviate and well, it's helped the squad isn't it that's what it's help it does need help and it does need some new faces and so I, I'm not panicking really too much just yet as, as we know traditionally historically under Dave Ponchanceri that Wednesday in the January transfer window that's difficult to operate in they do tend to do their business late Okay. In terms of the managerial situation, so the names that have been doing the rounds this week all over the place. So we've had um, Chris Coleman's name mentioned. Roy Keane was uh, being touted. Joey Barton, like pretty much any any manager under the sun seems to have been linked with it this week. Um, if Wednesday go and win at Coventry at the weekend... Has Neil Thompson got a pretty good case to be knocking on the door on Monday morning saying, all right, you need to give this to me now for the rest of the season? If they were to win another match or two, then it, it puts the cow amongst the pigeons, doesn't it? It does. I, I think that uh, it goes back to what we've said, I think, before of where, why would you change it? Um, and 
So giving Neil Thompson the job until the end of the season would maybe seem like the best solution in the short term. Um, so yeah, right, that that's sort of how I feel right now. Really, if the team carry on winning and continue to pull away from the relegation zone, um, then why would you change it? I don't think there's a there's a rush to change it. Um, in, in that sense and if they're still going to do transfer business which I think they will one way or another if, if Neil Thompson's still caretaker come the end of the month he's involved in those discussions and will have an input on where he feels Wednesday needs to strengthen so it's a case of it will either be Neil Thompson who will be having a big say on who Wednesday sign or it will be the, the incoming manager who no doubt, by the way, a new manager who comes in, they they will have gone through probably a number of interviews with Dapon Chansiri, his global advisors, uh, and I'm sure they will have all done their homework, their due diligence, and will have already probably pointed out, outlined you know, to the hierarchy where they think that this squad is sure on what the strengths of the squad are, what the weaknesses of the squad are, uh, and what they need to, you know, rectify, you know, in the loan market, and then with what permanent business they do uh, between now and February the 1st. Yeah, okay. So, I, I mean, I don't, you know, we're in good form at the moment, and I kind of see the argument for, you know, is it the you know, the best plan of, you know, at the moment things are working, does it need fixing or or do you give it to Neil Thompson for the rest of the season? I, I, I totally see the argument. But for me, that is about, um, it's about buying yourself time to find the right person. I, I, I mean, maybe I'm being disrespectful to Neil, Neil Thompson. I'm not sure that I necessarily see him as being the long-term solution to this. So I, No, I, I'm I not saying that either, James, as well. If the right guys have, if the right guy isn't available, then giving it to Neil Thompson until the end of the season kind of makes sense. Here's my problem with it, which is I can't stop myself thinking the right guy is available. Why have we not got him yet? He's applied. Um, you know, I reported that the other day, and he made it very clear on Sky without actually saying he wants the job that he wants the job. So, yeah, I, I, I stand by what I think I may have said before of where of the British candidates, he's the standout man is Paul Cook, without a doubt. He is when you look at the promotions on his CV, the way he's worked his way up through the leagues, um, you know, Chesterfield, Portsmouth, Wigan. He's done good jobs um, wherever he's been. But what what's what what what's the reluctance here? Do you do you think because uh, you know he he wasn't in the frame last time? It feels like he's kind of been in the frame this time reluctantly because he's obviously like you know uh, you know fans are talking about him a lot. It's it's come to a bit of a head. You know, originally it was reported that he wasn't going to be in the frame, and then obviously you know things have changed a bit, and now you know he is kind of being considered for it. I, I find it really baffling because he would be such a popular appointment among most fans, not all fans, but most fans. I think the majority of fans kind of see him as being where we're at right now. We're in a right old scrap and he's proved, you know, Wigan went down on a technicality last 
season you know it, and that was uh, mission impossible to get them out of it particularly when they were in the situation that they were in and the chips were really down well you know that you hold a mirror up to that and you see sheffield wednesday we are in that same situation points deduction everything else about the club is a bit down at the moment i, I just don't i don't understand why if he if, if Ipswich sack their manager next week and appoint Paul Cook, I'll be furious. It's like the opportunity's been there. Why are we not just gone out and got our man? It just seems insane. Well, to you, it it, it, it may do, James. But um, you know, clearly the, the club they you know are, are weighing up their options and they, they they know they can't afford to get this wrong, um, and so. Uh, you know, you can't really knock them for, I think, taking the time with disappointment with how things worked out, uh, you know, under Tony Pulis. Uh, and at this point, James, as well, we have got to uh, discuss some breaking news um, because it has now been confirmed that Wednesday's next two matches with Coventry and Wickham, they have been suspended. So, right. uh, there we go. Um, and that's down to the significant number of COVID cases. Yeah, so it will now be interesting that the next match that Wednesday are due to to play will be Everton a week on Saturday. So you would think if there was going to be an appointment that maybe this might change things now. Uh, in confirmation oh, okay. that uh, there is going to be what we're looking at another nine days until Wednesday and next in action. And, and will Wednesday carry on with Neil Thompson as caretaker or will Dave Ponchanceri now look to step things up and you know, make a final call on who should replace Tim Pewis? So we're, we're really looking at that. Um the next league game at the moment would fall on Saturday the 30th of January, which is ages away. I mean, this is like actually a, a this is a full-on winter break, isn't it, this? Um, I, mean, I mean, whether or not, obviously, if, if Everton is on the 23rd, whether or not they will squeeze in a midweek game, uh, week beginning the 25th, there's a gap there. There's a gap the week after as well uh, where we haven't got games at the moment. So um, the, the, there's you know uh, ample opportunity, I guess, for, for another um, game before the, the 30th. But it is, it is going to be a bit of a, a, a respite and a chance to take stock. I was going to start, actually, you know, the next thing on my list to talk about was the situation ahead of the weekend. You know, what, what risk there is of the game not happening. Now we know it isn't happening. Um, the the uh, I, I can't remember if we touched on this last week or not, but, you know, Wednesday, the latest in a long line of clubs. We saw it happen with Brentford earlier this week where two of their games have, uh, have been postponed for the same reasons feels to me like football's kind of crying out for a little bit of a break at the moment. Things are getting a bit messy, aren't they? And 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 it is a bit of a it's a bit of a state out there with with so many games starting to get called off and and just feels like the time's right now to have kind of like, you know, a a proper winter break and and just try and draw a bit of a line under what's going on at the moment. Yeah, but then it's difficult, isn't it, with the schedule of where with the Euros happening um they, they want the show to, to go on. And so the, the, I just feel as if 
they're looking to cram in the matches and, and to get the season played. I, I don't think there's going to be like uh, you know. I, I think that that's going to be the last resort. Then they don't want that to be the case right now. I think that's the, the situation where we are. What I will say actually is that uh, you know. It, if you look at the calendar, you know, I, I think with Coventry and Wickham, they look to try and fit that, you know, those into in midweek later in January. But that's only if the COVID-19 outbreak, everything is settled down there from a Wednesday perspective. That's what's got to happen. And, and uh, you know, we know. You know, the training ground is still being closed. Uh, you know, they're going to be training from home still, the players right now. And, and so you, there's a lot up in the air. And I think really we're just going to have to play it by ear right now. Yeah, fair dues. So, um, I mean, there's not much point of us talking much more about upcoming games because we've got uh, an enforced little, um, little break now. So um, is there anything else happening this week? Uh, there'll be other football. There'll be other teams playing and in action over the weekend, but you know we don't well, really care about that. So you've got no, but we've had this issue with, with you know Rotherham now, obviously below Wednesday in the table, uh, three points behind, I think, with a, an inferior, slightly inferior goal difference. Um, but with is it three games in? Yeah, they've got so three now games. Wednesday. Wednesday of, of obviously the next tour off, which means that I imagine that Rotherham uh, Rotherham are playing again now because they played in the cup at the weekend, didn't they? So you've you've got um, uh, I, I would imagine like you know at least a couple of their games in that period that will take place. So there's after this kind of like positive spell, Wednesday climbing out of the bottom three, winning in the cup. There's a good chance now that when we get back to action, Wednesday you're going to be back in the bottom three and and maybe you know a few points to make up fingers crossed Rotherham lose all the games it doesn't really matter but um, you know Derby obviously have also got the same situation um, you know whether or not they play any more games in that period or not do you think that matters psychologically or or are we past that now because every there's no teams is it they've played the same number of games now in the championship it's like you know games being called off here there everywhere um, whether or not that actually even comes into play in the slightest now probably doesn't does it for me, it's way too early. I, I think when you're talking about the table and teams who've got games in hand and, and or who've played more, really that only comes in to the equation, I think, in the last 10 matches from that point on, really. I feel like we've still got half a season to go. Uh, and, and uh, you know, some clubs will differ won't they where they'd be happy to have the games in hand if they feel they've got the strength and depth to be able to cope with playing you know three times a week over say a, you know a month to six week period uh, but then there'll be others who would be happy to have the points on the board um, and then you know this is it in Wednesday's case after you know the yeah, and this they'll be looking at this as the positive, won't they? They'll be looking at it and thinking, well, you know, we had a really hectic, relentless period, uh, you know, over December uh, and January, and now they can get some of the injured players back. So, you know, when Wednesday are next in action, you know, whether they'd go to full strength for Everson, I doubt, you know, that, you know, with the Cup not being the number one uh, objective this season, all about championship survival, then you, you're looking at it. So you'd like to think that Julian Burner, Massimo Luongo, Kieran Westwood, Jay Dunkley, and and I'm sure there's a, you know, three others that I've left out there 
that they could actually be very close to returning. And then, and then all of a sudden, Wednesday are going to have lots of options. Um, and, and, you know, for that sort of, you know, the turnaround of matches and the schedule that they'll be looking at in, you know, in the last four months of the season. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And, and, you know, maybe it's a useful respite for a lot of reasons because, you know, we've had our un- unfair share of injuries again, haven't we? So um, it, it kind of becomes quite um, quite useful in, in that um, in that sense. Uh, right, I think that's going to pretty much wrap us up then for uh, for this week. Uh, you can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott or contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you to our goal partners, Title Law Solicitors, who are at titlelaw.co.uk and Wednesday Picks, available to download. Now, obviously, normally I'd say there's a grand to win this weekend, no game, so uh, probably isn't. Um, thank you for joining us. If you like singing the blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls and we'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.